The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. Happy Christmas, you know, after all that work of cooking and cleaning, organizing, partying and potting, dressing the tree. The holiday weekend is finally here. Dr. Fleck, Christmas is just around the corner. It's on Monday. It sure is. So what are you going to do for Christmas? Um, wow, that's a really good question. I suspect I'll spend some time with the family. Yeah. Um, and spend some time with myself before I have... Um, Fortunately, having my hip replacement being done before the end of the year. So in preparation for that and preparation for a follow up with being very happy to be able to move like everybody else again. You know, I know you haven't had a dog in a long time. BJ passed away within the last four or five months. And then, of course, all the other dogs that we lost during COVID. Do you think you're going to get a dog in 2024? There's no question. I will be getting a dog. You think it might be better to get a small dog? One that you could like take down to Miami when you travel. I don't know. When I have to make that decision, I'll make that decision. I've considered a smaller dog. I've always had a lab or a larger dog. That's kind of more of the compatibility with my masculine approach towards things. (laughs) But also I watch every day how all these masculine men just melt to those little Ankle biters. Hey, you know, I think the old I think the older you get, it's great to have a small dog. You can always walk it. You can always train it a little bit more easier. I think, you know, people always have this thing about toy dogs. And once they get them, they realize how what how big hearted they really are and how much they can do. That doesn't mean that I don't love large dogs. I've always had large dogs, Labradors, German Shepherds would always at one point in my life love to have a, a poodle a standard poodle because they're such bright dogs. So I think all those things are important. It's also important to be able to manage whatever pet that you have, whichever dog that you have. Absolutely. You're talking about people as they're they're maturing, um, depending upon their health and their abilities to have the strength to work with that larger Uh breed of dog. Starting uh, this weekend, traveling home and then, of course, going back home. So it'll be an interesting year. I think for pet travel, I think more and more people will be traveling, uh, I think, by car. I mean, airplane travel is so expensive. Yeah, but, um, you know, I have the practice in Miami. We have a lot of international uh, travel there. We've done a lot of health certificates for that, uh, for the international travel in the last, well, before Thanksgiving, much more than in previous years. And you're absolutely right. They're taking the larger breed dogs with them, too. Sure. It's not the small breed dogs that are that are traveling and domestically, you know, most most of the time you don't even need a health certificate to travel. You just need to have their medical records and demonstrate that they've had current on their vaccines. And it, it's been so much easier for people to to travel with their pets than the airlines have made it easier to do that. So we're seeing much more of it. Yeah, I think people also want a new experience. I think we're going to see people having new experiences travel in 2024. Well, I think we need to get on with the show. So uh, give us some show specifics. Well, this week on the Pet Buzz, we talked with Lauren Zimmerman of Oakley Athletics about indoor dog play during the winter months. 
And knowing how to play with a cat isn't just fun and games. It's also essential for your cat's health and well-being. Well, joining us today is Dream Team member, that certified feline behaviorist and author, Beth Edelman. Beth, I always have to say this. You're so, like, you're like family. I, I really don't like to say welcome back because I think of you when we're doing the show on a regular basis and a cat situation or question or even cat guests come up. So how are you? Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. I'm doing great, and I'm so glad to be here. So talk to us, just a really simple question. What's the purpose of cat play? The purpose of cat play is to let cats be cats. Mother Nature designed them to be predators, and they need to express those predatory instincts. So cat play gives them a chance to exercise their bodies and exercise their brains, both of which they would do if they were hunting. So how do we give them a chance to express their natural instincts? Is it through toys? Is it toys are definitely one way. And that's interactive play because we are the only kinds of things that are smart enough to move around and get the cat thinking and puzzling. So interactive play is one and food toys is the other. That's something everyone might have heard of those little balls and towers and puzzles that cats can solve to get their food. Um, so that's addressing their brains with the puzzles and addressing their physical needs with interactive play. Okay. From what I understand, there are three types of play. And I think a lot of people really don't think about how many types of play are they? Can you give us an example of each and what we can use to engage our feline family members? Well, I think of it more as like different kinds of things that cats would hunt. The three cat food groups, which would be mouse, bird, and lizard or bug. <laughs> so things that run, things that crawl, and things that fly. And cats have different preferences for which kinds of things they like. And they will go after toys and play games based on their prey preferences. So that's one way that you can think about cat play. Another way that you can think about it is interactive play with a human, which we talked about play with another cat and self-directed play, which is play like with a food toy or a puzzle. Okay, because a lot of those scenarios are true. I mean, we're home with our cats. Sometimes we have multiple cat households and also we have to go to work. And I know there's a big movement to give our cats stimulation while we're away from home. Absolutely, absolutely. And so that would be self-directed play. Food puzzles are one thing. Um, putting a, a perch on the window so and then a bird feeder outside. That's actually play for a cat. Hiding things around the house. I do this with my cats. I put like globs of catnip in paper bags and they have to search for them and then rip the bag open to find them. So those are things that they can do while I'm away. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with Dream Team member, certified feline behaviorist, Beth Edelman, and we're talking about cat play. So let's talk a little bit more enrichment. You mentioned maybe having a perch that faces, you know, a street or a tree. Um, and you talked about some other things. What are some other things? Talk about cat trees and why they're so important. First of all, if you don't give the cat an appropriate place to scratch, the cat will scratch your things. Okay, if you don't give the cat his or her things to scratch, they will scratch your things because scratching is a natural behavior. You cannot stop it. But the other thing is that our cats are descended from the North African wildcat which is a very small cat that rests in, in elevated spaces and small trees, basically. And that's to protect themselves. They're small cats, so things eat them. Um, and so they sleep and they eat in elevated spaces. And so cats really feel safe in an elevated space. So if you have a cat tree and you put it in the basement, 
still no fun. They like to hang out where the people are, but be in elevated spaces where they can survey the room. And also they like to scratch and they like to scratch up high. So cats are going to jump on your stuff and scratch your stuff if you don't give them stuff of their own. And I would think that you could also play around with that cat tree, correct? Like use fishing pull toys and other toys. And playing on the cat tree is a great idea. Absolutely. And I will say also, there's a lot of nice cat trays. If you remember 20 years ago when all cat furniture looked like crazy cat lady stuff, that's not the case anymore. There's actually a lot of companies that are doing really, really nicely designed things now. If you shop online and really look hard, you will find something that works in your decor. Yeah, Refined Feline has beautiful cat trees. I mean, they're gorgeous. They're made with premium wood. They are expensive. I mean, we're talking three to $500. There are also sconces that you can put up and your cat can walk all around the house and kind of perch and really survey that territory. And they're actually gorgeous, right? They are. And, uh, you know, they are expensive, but it's kind of an investment. You know, the cat tree I have now in my living room was $200, but I've had it for 15 years. The well-built ones are expensive, but they last, you know, $200 for something that's lasting 15, 20 years, you know, it's $10 a year. It's not so much. But you also have to remember that you take care of it. You clean it, you vacuum it. And that's really important. I find a lot of people, especially now with petflation, with the rising cost of prices, we really have to take care of our pets items. Okay, so let's move on. What type of toys are best? I know you mentioned a few. And Mm -hmm. do we need to keep a lot of toys to keep our cats happy? And does that include even buying those expensive tech toys that are all over the market now? It doesn't. You know, my cat's favorite toy is a shoelace with a a little piece of a little scrap of denim tied to the end of it. So we have a rule in our house. When you throw away an old pair of sneakers, you save the shoelaces and you can tie a little scrap of denim or a feather or whatever. And I think I love about a shoelace toy. It's very strong. And so it's very hard for them to break. And you can tie different things to it. You can tie a strip of toilet paper to the end, a feather, all kinds of different things. So you can, it changes the toy all the time. The thing about tech toys, and they can be fun, and cats often play with them for, for five minutes and then stop. The thing about tech toys is the motion tends to be repetitive. Even if they switch up, they tend to switch up in a pattern. And very quickly, the cat learns the pattern, and then it's no fun anymore. There's no hunting. Oh, I know it's going to go here and then go there. Okay, I figured this out. Now we're done with this toy. Well, we have to take a commercial break, and we'll be back with Beth Edelman discussing cat play. Also up next is Celebrity Pet Buzz and Flex Facts. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Your dog needs a biologically appropriate diet. That's why I developed Nature's Blend. She developed an aggressive cancer. She was put on pain meds just to help cope. She was limping through life and got very, very dopey from the pain medication. Nature's Blend is made in North America and is pantry safe. Not only did it pique her interest in wanting to eat again, but it started to give her some energy. After she eats, she gets very playful, has a lot of puppy moments, and she'll be 14 this summer. For a limited time, save 54% 
off Nature's Blend and receive a free pack of premium dog treats. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511. I guarantee it with a 100% 90-day return of your purchase price. Message and data rates may apply. You may receive up to one additional text. Text stop to opt out. What if you could help turn back the clock and help your dog play like a puppy again, no matter their age? Introducing Dr. Marty Pet's Nature's Blend, a premium freeze-dried raw dog food called the Miracle Worker by Forbes magazine. Dr. Marty is now helping dog parents right at home. I've helped countless dogs thrive with one simple concept. Your dog needs a high meat diet similar to what their ancestors ate in the wild. Nature's Blend is designed to support your dog's healthy lifespan with turkey, beef, salmon, duck, seeds, veggies, and fruit, and with zero artificial preservatives. When given the choice between Nature's Blend and Amazon's number one bestseller in dry dog food? 29 out of 30 dogs chose Nature's Blend first. For a limited time, save up to 54% off Nature's Blend and get free premium dog treats. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511. Text love to 511-511. I'm so confident your dog will love it. Your order is backed with a 90-day guarantee. Study available upon request. Message and data rates may apply. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. I'm petrinologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. And we hope you are having happy holidays with your two-legged and four-legged family members. Okay, well, we're back with Beth Edelman, author and certified feline behaviorist. You know, Beth, should we use food as well as catnip or silver vine when playing with our cats? I know earlier... Uh, in our last segment, you mentioned food and food toys. Cats sometimes get in that thing where they're like a whiny three-year-old and you take out every toy and they won't play with it, but they still keep whining. Like, I want to do something, but I don't know what I want to do. And so when my cats get like that, I take a little bit of their kibble and I just throw it down the hallway one piece at a time. I make them run all the way to the end. They eat it and then they have to come back. And then I throw another piece and they run up and down the hallway for five minutes. You can do that while you're sitting in a chair watching TV and get your cats really running. No, I think that's great. And, you know, the thing is so many pets are overweight. So I think when we are treating our cats, when it comes to play, we have to be very wise in doing it. What else should we know about food when it comes to toys? Um, so, Charlotte, you make a great point. If you have more than one cat, you want to make sure that your your cats have enough resources so they don't have to compete. Um, but the other thing to remember is that cats who kind of don't like each other much will actually work on food toys near each other, and it can help them get used to um, being near each other. So my cats, they get um, wet food and dry food. There's no reason to ever feed cats dry food out of a bowl. You can throw it down the hallway. You can put it in a food toy. There are uh, wet food food toys as well things that they have to lick and paw and things like that. And the more that you can do that, the more play your cat is getting where you don't have to make a big effort. Should you schedule sessions like on a regular basis or should they just be impromptu? I think it's great to schedule sessions because then your cat has something to look forward to and they know when the sessions are coming and it can help head off that sort of anxious, nervous, play with me kind of pawing at you thing because they know it's coming, you know? It's like, I can wait, It's we're gonna play in, in a half an hour. I know it's coming, I can wait. You know, one other thing that um, I, I was not such a long time ago at uh, a friend's house and her husband was playing with the cat. And what I, I had to keep my mouth shut, he was using his hands a lot. And that's a no-no, yes? Oh, that is a no-no, that's a big no-no for two reasons. The first is, if you play with your cat with your hands, and we have this tendency, like if this is the table to do that kind of thing, right? 
Um, there's no way that the cat can learn that sometimes your hand is a toy and sometimes it's not. That's just, that's just not a distinction that they can learn. So then your hand is a toy and, you know, I could be, I talk a lot with my hands and I could be doing this and my cat might jump out and bite my hands at that moment. And then, you know, bad on me because I've taught my cat that my hands are a toy. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is, you know, we weigh a hundred pounds more than our cats. And if you're kind of doing that, that wrestling thing that you might do with a golden retriever, a large dog, it's scary. And you can end up, so you can end up sparking play aggression, but you can also end up sparking defensive aggression because now the cat could end up thinking that you're pretty scary. He's like groping me all over and making me uncomfortable. Hey, don't touch me, hiss. You know, so there's, there's that kind of aggression that can happen too. You know, when we were talking not such a long time ago, we talked about buying toys that our cats like. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think that was important. Right. And that's because cats do have different preferences. Remember, I said, you know, mouse, bird, lizard, bug. Okay. So some cats like things that fly through the air. Some cats like things that wiggle on the ground. Some cats like really big toys. Some cats like really tiny toys. Cats always like a little something that they can carry around in their mouth, plus something big that they can chase. But really big toys can be scary to some cats where, you know, others like those giant things that they can hold and kick. And that has to do with different prey preferences. So their play preferences re reflect that. People ask me a lot about laser pointers, too. And I want to just say a word about that because laser pointers can be pretty controversial. Some cat behaviors say, oh, worst thing ever. Um, but then people tell me the laser pointer is the only thing that's going to get my cat running. So here's what I will say is that remember, again, play is like hunting. So if your cat never gets to grab and bite the laser pointer, it's actually very frustrating. Part of the hunting sequence that makes it satisfying is grab and bite. So if your cat is running after the laser pointer, laser running, 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 and never gets to bite anything, yes, they will keep running, but it's like me playing that game on my phone where I'm stuck at level 86 and I can't get past it and I keep playing it, but it's not actually fun. <laughs> it's frustrating. And so if you want to play with a laser pointer, because that's the only thing that'll get your cat going, then take a couple of little soft toys and put them on the floor. And then every once in a while, have the dot rest on the soft toy so the cat can grab and bite something. So they have that satisfaction. Fantastic idea. So Beth, what do you want our listeners to take away from this interview with you about cat play? So I'm going to say two things. The first is, again, play is hunting. So think about it that way. And the second is play every day. Every day is essential for a cat's well-being. The number one thing that Mother Nature has designed cats for is to hunt. That's their number one purpose, and you need to give them some of it every day. Great, great idea, and so much information. Uh, and like Beth said, you can do it with fishing pole toys. You can do it with feeder toys, puzzle, lick mats. I mean, there's so much great information, cat trees. Uh, so everybody got to get your play on. Okay. Well, Beth, thank you so much for joining us. Before you go, can you give us your website? Yes, I can. My website is bethadelman.wixsite.com backslash cat behavior. Great. Well, everyone, that was certified feline behaviorist and author Beth Edelman discussing the do's and don'ts of cat play. We love having Beth on the show. So what's the celebrity pet buzz today? And now, the latest news about celebrities and their pets. It's obsession. Aren't they cute? What's the name? What's the name? 
Scott Eastwood, son of Clint, and his dog Josie are partnering up with Royal Canaan leading up to the 2023 AKC National Championship. In honor of the event's unique abilities theme, the duo encouraged fans to share their dog's unique abilities on Instagram for a chance to be featured during the broadcast for the National Championship. Eastwood, who grew up with numerous dogs, jokes that Josie is a guard dog while sharing his four-year-old Cavalier King Charles Spaniel's unique ability. He added, she's extremely regal and thinks so too. Together, the pair will cozy up on the couch to watch the AKC National Championship on December 31st. He says, I like the dog show. It's fun every year, the actor tells people. He continues by saying, and this one I think will be especially fun since people have submitted their dog's unique abilities. With veterinarians across the U.S. advising dog owners to get their furry friends vaccinated, what's canine flu, Dr. Fleck, and what are the symptoms? Well, the canine flu is one of the infectious respiratory things that we can see in dogs. It spreads through the air from coughing, barking, and sneezing. So symptoms include, just like us, coughing, sneezing, eye and nose discharge, fever, lethargy, and trouble breathing. While there are limited treatment options after dogs become infected, there is a preventative vaccine. Big question, because everyone's talking about money or they don't have money, how much is the vaccine? It's a great insurance policy to get the vaccine, 40 to 50 bucks a piece. Wow. Well, more of the pet buzz coming up after this commercial break. Next, Oakley Athletics, Lauren Zimmerman, talking about how to best play with your dog in these colder winter months. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. EpiPet is another proud sponsor of the Pet Buzz. You'd never knowingly feed your pup mystery meat or spoiled grocery store food. So why are those some of the most common protein sources in kibble today? Yep, the dog food ingredient, meat meal, can be made of spoiled supermarket meat and packing plant scraps. I'm veterinarian Dr. Marty Goldstein. Your dog needs a biologically appropriate diet similar to what they would eat in the wild. That's why I developed Nature's Blend, a freeze-dried raw food made with premium cuts of meat, omega-3 rich seeds, and superfood veggies and fruit. Daily is 12 years old. He has been on your food for nine bags now. Nature's Blend is pantry safe and has zero artificial preservatives, additives, filler, or meat meal. He's got more energy, able to run around and play when our grandson comes. For a limited time, save 54% off Nature's Blend and receive a free pack of premium dog treats. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511. I can't thank you enough. He's 12 and I'm enjoying every day with him. Message and data rates may apply. You may receive up to one additional text. Text stop to opt out. Well, Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah, and thank you for joining us on the Pet Buzz. This show is hosted by the Dynamic Pet Duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We hope you are having a happy holiday weekend. Well, now it's time for the Pet Buzz Mailbag. You've got mail. So today, interesting question for Charlotte. Joan writes from... Nashville, Tennessee. I had a Christmas party about a week ago. At one point, I had to go to the bathroom 
during the party and my dog sat at the door and scratched. Normally I would let him in, but I had guessed. It was so embarrassing with the three dogs sitting in the front of the door. Why do my dogs follow me into the bathroom? Well, that is a great question, Joan, and I'm so happy that you brought it up because so many pet parents have this issue. Well, your dogs are the furry family members that you can always count on to be by your side, even when you don't need it or don't like it, like when you're using the bathroom. While it's true we often attend their potty breaks, do they really need to attend ours? Well, if you've been wondering, why does my dog follow me into the water closet, the loo, or the bathroom, or even, you know, I've got the answer for you. So if your dog follows you into the bathroom, it's likely a result of their animal instinct and pack mentality. Canines who do this are referred to as Velcro dogs due to their desire to be attached to your side. They may follow you around even to the bathroom to protect that part of the pack, you. So without you in sight while you're home, especially if you're having guests in your home, they may feel a sense of vulnerability. If you want to stop them from falling into the bathroom, teach them to sit, stay on a placemat, gradually moving the mat away from the door. Make sure to give them treats as a reward for good behavior each time they're successful. But most importantly, keep up the consistency. And next year at this time, you won't have this needy problem and you won't be embarrassed by the situation. What do you think, Dr. Fleck? I think that was a profound analysis and certainly something for everybody to think about. <laughs> well, most dogs love being outdoors. So much for it to look at, to see, and to smell. But even when the air starts to get crispier, being outside is still pretty great. But when Winterhead's figuring out how to keep our dogs happily exercised and occupied requires a little bit more creativity especially when they're indoors. Well, joining us today to talk about indoor play is Lauren Zimmerman of Oakley Canine Athletics in South Carolina. She is a global agility ambassador. I like to refer to her as Coach Lauren. Uh, welcome back to the Pet Buzz, Lauren. I'm always happy to see you and happy holidays. Yeah, happy holidays to you as well. Thanks for having me, Charlotte. We love having you here. Unfortunately, Dr. Fleck couldn't be here today. Well, Lauren, we told some of our listeners that you would be joining us today, and they wrote in with questions. So Jeff from the Chicagoland area wrote, Lauren, where is the best place? Where? Eh. So Jeff from Chicagoland area wrote, Lauren, where is the best place to play with your dog uh, when you need to play inside? So I'm always looking for a space that's big enough for you both to play around and make sure that you're not hitting any objects. So anything that could possibly hurt them in any way, like running their face into something or stepping on something that could hurt their paw. I always want to make sure that most of the area is cleared out from furniture or other objects that could be on the floor um, and making sure that the space is non-slip. So that way the dogs aren't splaying or are slipping while they're playing with you. So a large non-slip space with less objects around is key. 
Okay. Very, very good. Very important to know. I, I Lauren knows this, but one of the reasons I bought my house is because it was very open. I like a more traditional house with defined rooms. And I did that so the dogs could run around and enjoy themselves, even though I have small dogs. Uh, okay. Well, Beth from Jersey, the Jersey Shore tweeted, should you schedule play sessions with your dogs at various times of the day or have dedicated playtime sessions? So really it depends on the dog. Some dogs really love a routine and other dogs don't. They're kind of variable in their schedule. So if your dog really loves a routine, I would pick a time that works best for them. So whether they're really active in the morning or afternoon or evening, that's when I would stick to my playtime because that way they know when their playtime is coming. Um, otherwise, some dogs, depending on the day and depending on what they did the, the day before, kind of dictates their mood. So if they're really not feeling it and they're sleeping, I would let them be and try for later in the afternoon. Um, some dogs just love a variable schedule and some dogs really love to have things regimented for them. So really it depends on the dog. Yes, I guess it sounds like people. Some people like to go in the gym in the morning. Some people like to go at noon and some people like to go either before dinner or after dinner, you know, before mm -hmm. they go to bed. So I guess pets are like people too. Okay. Well, Kim from Cleveland wrote, how good or indoor agility sets? And I called Kim back to find out that she had small dogs. She has very active Maltese. Uh, yeah, some of the agility sets now that you can find online are actually really great. They're they're designed for indoor spaces. So the rails are a little smaller. Um, the weave poles can be easily folded up. The tunnel is shorter and can easily be folded up. So these are great for using them indoors, especially if you, if you have a medium to larger space. That way the dog can move and navigate them correctly. Um, you can have them out when you want to have them out and then you can easily fold them up and put them back in their in their kit and put it in a closet say if you have guests coming over so i really really like them they're getting really creative with some of the um objects and and obstacles that they're using in these kits but i think it'd be great especially for a small dog but we always want to make sure that we're doing anything that has to do with agility or um more high impact exercise on a non-slip surface so that's key with those uh, with those equipment objects dan from pampa bay has a great question he said and he posted this question on facebook he said my dog loves to fetch what toys can you recommend to play fetch with inside so really it just depends on what your dog loves so if your dog loves tennis balls or they love holy rollers or kongs I would be playing with what your dog considers high value, but I'm also very conservative with fetch. So especially if we're playing fetch indoors, again, we want to make sure that it's on a non-slip surface because if it's on like a hardwood surface, the dogs can easily splay out um, with their rear end and can hurt themselves. Um, same thing with the front end. Them coming down to grab the toy is very percussive on their shoulders. So we also can have injuries that way. So what I like to do is anytime we need to play fetch indoors, I play it into a soft surface. So either into the corner of a couch or into a dog bed. That way, when the dog goes to get the toy, they tend to slow down a bit. And then they also are landing in a soft surface. That way we don't have the the percussion on the shoulders, and also there's less risk for injury in both the front and the rear end. 
I think that's great advice. I mean, I think that's, and that's a really safe way to play fetch. Also, there's some great, uh, Petmate makes these great indoor soft toys. There's uh, balls and footballs and others you know, sized elements and they make them even small for small dogs. So if you're playing in the summer and you're worried about hitting a wall, you don't have to worry so much because it is a soft toy covered with kind of like a carpet like surface, which is kind of a cottony uh, soft surface. Okay. We need to take a commercial break. And when we return, Coach Lauren Zimmerman, Global Agility Ambassador, will be back answering your questions. Also in our next segment, Global Pet News and Tell Me Something Good. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese. And guess what? Egg rolls showed up like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Here at the Pet Buzz, we are urban, suburban, and and country. This is our Christmas weekend programming. Well, welcome back, Lauren. Just to remind you, we're discussing ways to occupy your pet during the colder winter months when he or she is spending more time indoors. But it really doesn't just have to be in the winter months. You know, depending on where you live, you might live in an extreme weather environment. Think of Las Vegas, where it's really cold in the winter and really hot in the summer. You know, you want to keep Fido playing all year round, both in the winter and the summer months. Okay. Here's a question from Kaylee from Texas. And she asked, should you be concerned with rotating your dog toys each month? And what type of toys are, are best for small dogs? Yeah, that's a really great question. And so it really, again, depends on the dog. Some dogs who really love routines tend to really like the same type of toys. So some dogs consider a certain toy their toy. It's their precious thing. And so if that's the case, I would not change that because that sometimes upsets them. And so if your dog really loves one particular thing, I'd stick kind of with the one particular thing. If you want to get a couple varieties of it that the dog really likes, go with that. But some dogs really do love change and love variability. And so getting different objects like puzzle toys where they can move things around and find food um, and also play with the object at the same time some dogs really love that variability. It really gets them thinking. And so those type of dogs that are bored easily, that aren't very attached to a very specific toy, rotating those toys would be great. Um, For small dogs, the only thing that I want to recommend, and same thing with large dogs as well, is just making sure that the toy is large enough that it won't get stuck in the throat. So anything that the dog has access to, I want to make sure is large enough that they can still get their mouth around it, but also not ingest 
So that is my biggest thing, even with small dogs, is just to make sure that it's a size appropriate toy. And that's a good point. And also make sure it's still in good condition. I thought this question was a really an interesting one. Dwayne from Kalamazoo, Michigan writes, and I know you're a Michigan girl, Lauren. He is a Rottweiler and he just became an AKC canine good citizen. So congratulations, Dwayne. We're happy for you. Now he's looking for a fun class to take uh, his dog to this winter. He likes agility, but he's in his late 60s and he's not sure if he can keep up. So what do you recommend? So this is a great question. I have plenty of clients who are over 60 years old that participate in agility. There is a wide um, competitor base that is that is in their 60s or above that run agility. So I do not believe that age should be limiting your goals. So when you are going into these things, what we want to focus on though, because you may have some physical restrictions is that we're teaching the dog distance skills. So we're really focusing on teaching the dog, the individual obstacles and making sure that they really understand their verbal commands. That way you can handle from a distance and you don't always have to be there. So if you're physically limited a little bit, either from your knees or you've had a hip replacement previously and you can't move around as well, the dogs are younger. So we teach them them the skills that way you can handle at a distance and yet you don't always have to be there that's great advice and you know rottweilers are such big majestic dogs they've got great hand-eye coordination Dwayne, i guess lauren is telling you you can get out there get a little bit of exercise within your physical capabilities but really have a good time with your dog and meet a lot of people because a lot of you know like he became an akc good citizen but, you know, that's individual training sessions with the group. There's not a lot of interaction. But with agility, there's a whole crowd of people, lots of activity every weekend. And you have the opportunity to meet new friends, right? Yeah, it's a really welcoming and wonderful community to be a part of. Uh, the agility community is is widespread. I mean, it's it's everywhere, all over the globe. Um, but really here in the States, we have a really great community. And I, I love being a part of it. That's awesome. So Lauren, before you leave, can you give us a few other ideas, I guess, for indoor winter play? Yeah, absolutely. So you can always um, go with a dog treadmill. Um, there's plenty of great treadmills on the market that are specifically for dogs, like a dog pacer. Um, when you're living in extremely cold or extremely hot climates, um, it's always great to have one of those around. But if you're not interested in having a, a treadmill to do some of the cardiovascular exercise when the when the elements are not ideal outside, uh, you can always look for things called snuffle mats. Um, it's kind of like a uh, ripped up fabric that you can stuff treats and stuff into that keeps them uh, busy. Uh, they're using their olfactory senses to really move the pieces of fabric around and find the cookies. Um, you can always use the puzzle toys, kind of the same concept, um, but they have to kind of solve a puzzle to figure out where the food is at. Um, you can play tug of war with your dog. So finding a great tug, especially large dogs, they love to play tug. Um, this really gets their shoulders and their hips working, really building those booty muscles. Um, you can also find things like lick mats where you can, um, paste food onto them or stuff things into Kongs and freeze them. That keeps the dogs busy for, for quite a while using their, um, olfactory senses and really thinking about, um, things as they are getting the food. 
Um, and then also you can do kind of an at-home obstacle course. I know we talked about um, having the indoor agility kit, but you can even come up with uh, great ways to use things like a broomstick for the dog to jump over or use a chair and have them crawl under it. Um, same type of movements that they're doing agility, but really with just household items that everybody has in their house, like a broomstick or a chair. Um, all of these things can keep the dogs active during the winter time and provide great exercise for them indoors. You know, I love having Coach Lauren here because she always gives us such great ideas. Unfortunately, she has to depart. But Lauren, thanks for joining us today. And can you give us your website? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And you can find more about all of this on oakleycanineathletics.com. Well, just to remind you, that was Lauren Zimmerman of Oakley Canine Athletics. Lauren is a certified canine athlete specialist and canine fitness trainer. She is also a global agility ambassador. Well, before we end the show, we have to tell you something good. And Please. News of the day got you down? No worries. Pet trendologist Charlotte Reed is here with Tell Me Something Good. This is a necessity like air and oxygen. Tell me something good. So Maggie, one of our online listeners, wrote to us from upstate New York. Maggie's husband recently died. He died in September. And their dog, Benji, was really her husband's dog. But now Benji is all hers. And whenever she is sad and crying, the dog jumps up and gives her a hug, which I think is really sweet. Well, a few weeks ago, the dog who was used to going on daily walks with her husband had been content to use the bathroom in the backyard, you know, to take care of business. But in the beginning of December, the dog started grabbing his leash and sitting by the door at his regular walk times. She didn't know if she had the energy to go out. Well, anyway, she wrote to us and she told us that she finally obliged the dog and took him out for a walk and get this Dr. Fleck. And to her surprise, she took the dog out for a walk. And before she even walked to two houses down, a neighbor lady with her dog said, finally, you're here. Everyone's been looking forward to meeting you. And within minutes, she met her husband's evening dog walking crew and all of Benji's friends. The dog had brought so much joy into her life that she's finally thinking about getting out of the house She's feeling a lot better. She's thinking about doing some volunteer work at a local shelter in the new year and taking some dog training classes with Benji. And she wrote, the power of dogs just doesn't stop. What a great story. It's a wonderful story. What pets do for our human existence. Totally amazing, right? Well, Maggie, we support you. We love hearing this story because it is, like Dr. Fleck said, so reflective of what our dogs for, can do for, for us. us. Right. I mean, we do for them every single day. But Maggie, keep in touch with us because we want to hear where you're volunteering, what you're doing. Yeah, Maybe. I think that'll keep her really occupied. Well, Dr. Flex, a wrap. Before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. Next week, we are looking back at 2023 with some of our favorite guests. Our special guests for this week, Beth Edelman and Lauren Zimmerman. And of course, we must always want to thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. And Dr. Marty Goldstein's Nature's Blend Biological Balanced Nutrition. And if you have a question, write to us at team at the petbuzz.com. 
we will cover it on next week's show. And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channel and listen to the podcast on Monday morning. And most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. www.thepetbuzz.com Learn more about us, the show, and our guests. A Rottweiler named Whiskey with hours to live brought back to full health. A terrier named Snoopy, paralyzed in all four legs, who ran and played again within months. These dogs are known as Marty's Miracles. Dogs brought back to health by Dr. Marty Goldstein. I've helped countless dogs thrive with one simple concept. Your dog needs a high meat diet similar to what their ancestors ate in the wild. Called the Miracle Worker by Forbes magazine, he's now created a premium dog food for you called nature's blend it's the easiest way to support your dog's easy digestion nourish skin playful energy and most importantly their healthy full life for a limited time save up to 54 percent off nature's blend and get free premium dog treats go to drmartypetscom slash love or text love to 511-511 text love to 511-511 i'm so confident your dog will love it your order is backed with a 90-day guarantee All pets are unique. Your pet's results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply.